You are listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. I'm Sonia Marquardt, owner of Regent Law and the host of Planning to Go, the podcast that is here to help you understand the confusing world of estate planning. Today, we are talking about beneficiaries. When was the last time you looked at the beneficiaries listed on your accounts? Why should you even peek at them? This is Planning to Go, and it's all about beneficiaries. What is a beneficiary? We might think we know, but do we really know the effect of naming someone as a beneficiary on an account? I could give you the super boring definition of a beneficiary, but then I can see your eyes glaze over and suddenly I'm sounding like an adult on Charlie Brown. I'm pretty sure that all attorneys at some point sound like the Charlie Brown adults to their clients. But anyway, the beneficiary lists the person who will receive the money in the bank account or the investment account or the life insurance policy. Being listed as a beneficiary allows the person to receive the property once you pass away. And beneficiaries are very important for the estate planning process. There are a few things in life that I'm willing to bet on. And one of them is that I'm willing to bet that when you set up that 401k with your job, that they asked you to name a beneficiary and you did that. The same is true with your life insurance policy. Regardless of if you set that up through your employer or if it's insurance that you purchased privately, They asked you to name a beneficiary when you purchased the policy. However, did you name a beneficiary in your bank account? Hmm, that's a little bit less clear, isn't it? What about that online Capital One 360 account that you started last year? I'm pretty sure that account doesn't have a beneficiary either. Without a beneficiary, the asset will have to go through probate after your death. There's that really dreaded probate word. But what if the beneficiary that you listed hasn't been updated and it's the same people that you listed 25 years ago when you started your job? We will discuss that and some big mistakes that happen with beneficiaries. Why should you peek at those beneficiaries? Let's break it down. I'm going to start with a little story. John and Jane met in college and they married right after graduation. They started a wonderful life together. They were on a path to financial security and they both purchased private life insurance. In their mid-30s, unfortunately, John and Jane divorced. A few years later, John remarries, he opens a business, and his business booms. He is maxing out that retirement account and those investment accounts, and he's even increased the amount of his life insurance policy. He's planning for a lavish retirement for both he and his second wife, Anne. One day, John is killed in a car accident. Anne is devastated, but she doesn't worry much about her financial security because she knows that they diligently saved, and John has that big life insurance policy, which will provide for her. She submits the paperwork to claim the account as the beneficiary, but the account manager tells her that they can't help her. She doesn't know why. And it turns out that Jane is still listed as the beneficiary on that life insurance policy. Jane will get that life insurance benefit. 
all of it. So how was this even possible? They were divorced. They had been divorced for years. How was this happening? Despite the fact that John and Jane divorced, the beneficiary listing was not updated and Jane is the legal beneficiary. Naming a beneficiary is a legally binding document and it trumps any other document that you have, such as your will or your trust. It is truly amazing how many people out there have not updated their beneficiaries after marriage, divorce, or another change in their family situation. I see it all the time. So that's one big mistake with beneficiaries. It's not updating that beneficiary listing and making sure that that asset goes to the person that you want. The asset may go to a former spouse or someone that you really didn't intend to support. What are some other mistakes that happen with beneficiaries? The first one is not naming a beneficiary at all. This is where that yucky probate word comes up again. Without a beneficiary, your assets would go to your estate. In order for your estate to claim it, it has to go through that probate process. Another mistake is that some people fail to name a contingent beneficiary. What is a contingent beneficiary? Think about this as the second person in line. If your primary beneficiary predeceases you or you both die at the same time, naming that contingent beneficiary gives you a backup plan. And oftentimes people list their spouse as their primary beneficiary. And I ask my clients all the time, do you and your spouse ride in the same car? If you do, then you really need to make sure that you have a contingent beneficiary named. Naming that contingent beneficiary gives you a backup plan and you've named someone else to receive your property. Another common mistake that we see is naming minor children as your beneficiaries. I know what you're thinking. Don't I want my kids to get my stuff? In general, you do, but naming them as a beneficiary won't necessarily accomplish your goal. If you name a minor child as that beneficiary to your life insurance policy, they will receive that money as soon as they turn 18. How responsible were you with money when you were 18? I know I wasn't very responsible. Would you have been able to manage a large sum of money like a life insurance payout? It's likely that this payout will not serve your children well, and it will be spent within a couple of years. So what about naming special needs individuals as a beneficiary? That's also a problem. For the purpose of this discussion, we are using the term special needs individuals to describe those people who receive government benefits, such as SSI or supplemental security income, or medical assistance based on having a disability. If they receive a large sum of money, this will have the effect of disqualifying them from receiving that benefit. Most people I know do not want their loved ones to be disqualified from this benefit. The individual would then have to spend down their inheritance before applying for the benefit again. It completely defeats the purpose of the inheritance. And sometimes people have a really hard time qualifying for that assistance in the future. So what's another mistake? Naming beneficiaries on all of your assets, but still having real estate. Follow along with me for a little bit. I know it seems pretty crazy. Without proper planning, if you die owning real estate, even if you have a will, your estate will go through probate. If the only asset in that probate estate is a house, it will be difficult for the personal representative of your estate to pay for the taxes and the maintenance that are required on the house or the real property during the probate process. This mistake would essentially tie the hands of the person that is responsible for managing that property, and they may have to use their own money to protect the asset or risk losing it because of taxes or other issues. 
I know that this certainly was not your intent when you tried to take care of all of your property, but we see it fairly regularly where people lose a house because they don't have the funds available in the cash up front to pay for all of the taxes and the expenses that go along with maintaining a home while they get ready to sell it or do whatever else needs to be done with it. So you can see that naming and maintaining beneficiaries is pretty important. There are some unintended consequences of not updating your beneficiaries. And look, I know it's paperwork and most of us really don't like paperwork. It's kind of like paying bills. Do you really like to pay your bills? I don't. But it's super important to manage your beneficiary listings and it will help your loved ones when you pass away. We know that naming a beneficiary on your account is important, but how often should you check them? We recommend that you check these beneficiaries annually, but how do you actually go about doing that? Start by making a list of all of your assets, including your investment accounts, your retirement accounts, and your bank accounts. I know that's going to take a bit of time, but the next step is going to take a smidge more time. I need you to contact all of those financial institutions for the accounts and ask them to send you documentation on the beneficiaries. Also ask them to send you documentation on how to update that beneficiary listing. Once you have those, we recommend keeping a binder or a file with all of those documents and creating a chart. On that chart, you will have the name of the account, the account number, the account holder or that financial institution that has the account, and then the name of the person who is the primary beneficiary and the name of the person who is the contingent beneficiary. And list the date that you reviewed your list of beneficiaries. Then annually, you will pull out that file and double check the listing on all of the beneficiaries. Perhaps one of the beneficiaries passed away or there was a life change for you or there was a change in circumstance for the person that is listed as that beneficiary and leaving them named as a beneficiary may not make the most sense. We recommend having a lot more information written down for your loved ones, but this is just a start. Some people check their beneficiaries on their birthday or their anniversary or on tax day. Whatever works for you, choose a day to check your beneficiaries on a regular basis. We want you to make sure that you have the proper beneficiaries named so that your assets are distributed to the people that you want and that they all go to the right people. So what did we learn today? We talked about the importance of naming beneficiaries and the importance of updating them. We went through some of the big mistakes that people make with beneficiaries, and we learned that the beneficiary listing trumps any other document that you may have, especially a will or a trust. We also went through some simple tips to make sure that you are peeking at those beneficiaries that are named on your accounts on a fairly regular basis so that you can update them when you need. I would love to know what questions that you have, and we have lots of ways for you to reach us. First, you are welcome to call 810-279-0136 and leave us a message. If you have something that you want discussed on the show, you can also hit me up on Twitter at planning to go with the number two. Or you can post a question in our Facebook discussion group, Planning to Go Podcast. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can find links to all of these pages on our website, regentlawpc.com. 
If you are in Michigan and you would like a personal consultation, please fill out the contact me form on the website, regentlawpc.com. I am so honored that you spent some time with me today learning about beneficiaries. In our next episode, we will discuss that dreaded word, probate. Probate's a pretty big topic, so that episode will just scratch the surface, but I promise you, you will learn something. Help us give others the knowledge and the tools to protect their universe by sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Please subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you next time on Planning to Go. You've been listening to a Blazing Caribou Studios production. Support and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash blazingcariboustudios.